Here's a true statement. God is at work among us. And one place that we are seeing the work of God in a spirit of unity is in Kearney, where pastors from a number of churches there are committed to meeting together on a regular basis. Now, this morning on My Bridge, we're looking forward to hearing about this expression of unity as we're going to be connecting with Pastor Jonathan Lombard of Spirit of Life Church. Jonathan, welcome to the Morning Conversation. Yeah. It's exciting. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, Jonathan, you're, you're a pastor there in the, in the Kearney area. You haven't always been a pastor. And again, I, I spent a season in the church where I was kind of doing the pastor thing as well, which is awesome. Right. And so I know the that, pastor thing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I know, like I've seen behind the curtain. So I just know that you're just yeah. a, a normal guy saved by grace and uh, loving Jesus, seeking to be faithful. Would love to hear a little bit of your story, how you came to know and fall in love with Jesus? I mean, to be honest, um, I'm a fourth generation Christian and a fourth generation Mm. pastor. Mm. Um, You know, so you have uh, people that grew up in a dentist family and then they end up becoming (laughs) a dentist. Like for me, like not that my parents ever pushed it on me, but it was kind of like a family call, if you Mm. will. So um, yeah, I, uh, so I grew up in that environment, gave my heart to the Lord at a really young age with my mom. And then I actually, I I didn't always want to be a pastor. I kind of wanted to go and be in like uh, movies and TV (laughs) and go and be an actor. You know, Uh, I just remember around Oh, um, around age 20, just having a clear call from God. I, um, my dad was a pastor and I had the keys to the church. And so I drove myself to the church and locked myself in. I said, God, I'm not leaving here till I know for sure what mm. I'm supposed to do. <laughs> mm. I had my, the college picked out, the classes were, I was accepted. I had a roommate, all this, and I was going to go major in drama, television, film. And it was like uh, the Lord turned everything on a dime. And I ended up going into the ministry mm. and uh, um, answering that call. Jonathan, okay. even the fact that there were three generations of uh people in your family that knew Jesus and, and went on to serve him in the pastorate, there are plenty of times the pastor kids just don't turn out good. What created a difference for you that allowed you to come out of that experience loving Jesus and wanting to be part of the advancing of his kingdom? You're right. Nothing's guaranteed. But I feel like my parents gave room for me to explore, ask good questions they didn't like force it on me and all of this. I remember about 16 years old, just having, you know, in, in our tradition, you know, in, I mean, every, every uh, uh, Christian camp has different language. I'd say like I had an encounter hmm. with God about 16 years old in my grandparents' living room at a hmm. kind of a family reunion. And so we all gathered and prayed and my uncle dropped my hand and put his hand on my chest and he just said, more Lord. And I don't know how else to explain it, but there was something that happened in that moment at 16 years old that like, I just, I want a genuine relationship with Jesus and I want to go after his presence and his call. There was ups and downs since then for sure. But it was like, you always look back on that mile marker moment and it was one of those kind of game changers for me. Yeah, There's there's a song I used to listen to years ago and one of the lines said, it's good to know that you'll be there if ever I fall. He goes, but it's better to know that I don't have to fall at all because you're able to keep me. It's all good, right? So I I love the stories of just the reality of the persevering grace of God in the midst of our fumbles and failures. But 
<laughs> the stories of God grabbing young hearts and forming them and holding them in the midst of, yes, imperfections, absolutely, but like unwavering faith of the God who's there, who loved them, who saved them, who redeemed them. Well, I'll tell you what, like too, like I used to think, man, I don't have much of a testimony. Hmm. In fact, I used to travel around in a um, discipleship group called Master's Commission years ago. And um, we'd go to churches and the people that got to stand up uh, and share their testimony were the ones that like came out of drugs and, you know, they used to be alcoholics. And I'm sitting here like, man, I didn't have like that story. I didn't have much of a testimony. Or like one day the Lord was, was showing me how much he saved me from instead of saved me out of. Mm. I can have like love and grace and appreciation for the testimony where someone was like grabbed almost out of the grips of hell. But I just had a different story. And uh, I thank God for it, you know. So, Jonathan, you've been a pastor for how long? I think it's like a little over 19 years. I mm, think uh, wow. I think 2023, I think that'll be 20 years. Yeah. Uh, and not all senior pastor, you know, you know, had a you staff bet. pastor for mo- much of that time. Yeah. But. So, came to know Christ early. God called you in the ministry early. You've been kind of going right. after that. Have you had any regrets from really following wholeheartedly after God? It's not easy. Mm. There's times where I would leave church after a hard meeting or I'd uh, get off a hard phone call or it'd be a hard season on my family, especially after getting married and having kids and things like this. And I'd be lying if I said I wasn't driving down the road saying, Lord, I think I'm done. Mm. So I'm not going to say it was easy, but what I would say is um, no regrets though. Mm. In Jeremiah, where he says, your word is like a fire shut up in my bones. I'm weary of holding it in. And, you know, I, I just, uh, Man, there's other things I love in life, but like, you know, the question of if you could do anything else, would you? I'm like, I don't know that I that I could do anything else. Um, it is. A, um, I mean, family comes first for me. And so that would be a thing if my family, if it was if if I was like sacrificing my family on the altar of ministry, for instance, like I can't go there. It's hard. It's not always for the, you know, for the faint of heart. But um but no regrets, though. So, Jonathan, life isn't easy, right? Life ministry is not easy. It's a lot that uh, you carry, we carry in that whole mantle. And I always think about Paul's statement when he says, and then on top of all that, I've got this concern about the church that's like on, on me all the time, right? What are some, some, some things that have helped you to really be able to stay the course and last? I would not be a pastor today. I'm, I'm almost positive if it weren't for other um just strong, usually pastors, but strong, um, just friends and mentors that I could call at a moment's notice. Um, you, you and I, one of our mutual friends is Mitch Ivy, mm-hmm. and man, there's times where I mean, like, I mean, for lack of a better phrase, like, well, he talks me off the ledge, <laughs> right? Yeah. And uh, or vice versa. But like there's it to have um, different people like that in different seasons of pain um, or challenge and for, to be able to process it. I don't I can't imagine um, what it would be like for somebody that has nobody. Hmm. No. Uh, and that's what, you know, pastors can be super lonely and um, and leadership can be super lonely. But 
if you can do the hard work of finding people to be vulnerable with and just share real deal struggles and pray together and, and that accountability and all that, I mean, you can get through almost anything, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, I have a good wife, you know, that, uh, you know, good relationship and, and praying for each other and all of this. But yeah, I mean, even in all that, like there's been some pastors over the years that have truly helped for sure. Jonathan, you were talking a few moments ago about just people that got surrounded you with over the years that yeah. have allowed you to stay the course, to thrive in the midst of demanding lives and times and seasons of ministry. And, and I know that there's been a, this rich work that God's kind of done there in the Kearney area among pastors. Yeah. Bring in the MyBridge family uh, into that. Kind of what is that group that's kind of met? How did that come about? The more I get to know it, the more I realize it's a it's kind of a unique unique thing to Carney, yeah. and uh, not that the Lord isn't doing it in other communities. Yeah. But um, I mean, I came from Iowa, and there was some connection, but man, not like this. Like we have a group of I don't know twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Um, not all meeting all the time, but senior pastors of Bible believing churches cross denominational lines where once a month we get together just for prayer and sharing. And there's no real agenda. I know like any one of those guys, like I could call at a moment's notice with a crisis. There's no competition. In fact, it's it's some unique things where someone might leave my church and pop in at another church. And pretty soon um, I'll get a call from a pastor saying, hey, just to let you know, uh, so-and-so is over here. And it's just stuff like that. That's just like, I feel unique. There's not that competition thing. There's prayer, there's genuine love. And then on top of that, once a month, we started just kind of pastor conversations around some deep theological issues and social issues. We keep the main thing, the main thing, but we know that in these conversations, there might be disagreements. But because we started from a place of love and respect, then now we're also able to come together and talk about some of these things that we might not all agree on. Yeah, Man, it's been meeting long before before I was ever here. I've been in Kearney 12 years. Uh, the pastors that went before us had had this group, and mm. uh, so it's it's been meeting for um, I don't know probably a couple two three decades, yeah. man. So it's interesting what you were just sharing there, Jonathan, because like when we don't know people, even if we think we know their doctrinal stance or whatever, it's so much easier to demonize them <laughs> or see them as right. a com- see them as a competition or whatever. But like when right. you really start to build relationships, if we take the time and make the investments and get to know them as people. That applies to pastorates, as you were just sharing about, but it applies to other aspects of life and ministries, cross-racial, socioeconomic. So it's about really beginning to extend ourselves in our communities and getting to know each other as brothers, sisters in Christ. Jonathan, how is your life, how is your ministry, how is your church different because of your involvement with the other pastors in the community? I feel like that unique thing in Kearney and, and with our church is our people get to see that the pastors have friendships and relationships. You know, somebody pops up and says, oh yeah, I'm at such and such a church and my pastor, and they start to maybe like talk negative about their pastor or their church. And we get to say, oh yeah, he's a friend of mine. You know, and like just put that down. I mean, it, you, you'd be surprised. People try to kind of 
put one church against the other and we get to like just squash that <laughs> and just say, oh yeah, oh man, we we uh, we meet together once a month. Oh, we just had coffee. And they're like, they try to backtrack a little bit and like, oh, oh uh, yeah, well, what I meant to say, you know, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. Our churches start to notice that. Yeah, yeah. I think about that verse in Corinthians, right? One says, I'm a Paul. The, one, the other one says, I'm right. a Apollos. Another one says, I'm a Cephas. It's like, has Christ been divided? Like, you know, we're all one. This is one thing here. And we champion what each other's doing. I mean, like Grace Fellowship here in town, um, they're kind of known as the big outreach church. Mm-hmm. Like they always have these big over the top, <laughs> like, I'm like, come on, man, try, stop trying to steal all our people. Man. <laughs> like, <laughs> But we'll all go, we'll all go to these things and we'll send our people. And there's this thing that it, this prayer event, it kind of just organically came together. We've got, we've got a bunch of men in our town that are doing something called Jericho walk, kind of walking and praying around the city. And it's like a bunch of different churches involved. And then there's this other thing called awaken the dawn that prayer tents. And we're going to, they're going to come and set one up at our church. And then our church is doing like 21 days of prayer right now. Hmm. And what happened was, is we all kind of said, Hey, we're kind of doing these around the same time. We're all kind of converging. In fact, we're calling it convergence where these Mm. three different separate prayer things are coming together out at spirit of life church um, next month it kind of unite in prayer (laughs) in one place these are the types of things that happen where i think we might take it for granted but it's it's a cool thing jonathan covid we've all as a country walked through that it's our walking still through that but you know the intensities kind of waned some what's some positive residual what did god speak to you during that time it's just as far as your own processing of life and faith and what was happening to our world. I mean, to be honest, it was a season where it was hard to hear from God. Mm-hmm. Are, are you silent? You know, we'd have like those prayer meetings where we're just like, Lord, eradicate COVID from the earth, you know, <laughs> and uh, it didn't happen. <laughs> I remember when when the pandemic started and everyone thought that, um, you know, by Easter, we're going to be back to normal. And then we weren't able to be in person at Easter. And, and then we were having these power outages and, um, and so we couldn't even be online normal. So I, we had to do our whole Easter service off a cell phone. Mm, oh, wow. And I'm like, Lord, what is going on? And I think in the midst of that, like when you sometimes when you uh, when you think God's silent, like you either um, lean in and and go deep or you create distance, you know, between yourself and God. And I think for me personally, um, I had like, I had no choice. Like I had to like lean in. And even if I felt like he wasn't silent, felt like he was silent. I had to like go back to the basics of, all right, you know, what's your word say? And um, what are the things I know, you know, um, it, in an emergency, like break glass, what are those things that when all else fails, I know these to be true. And so that was one of the things. I also think it caused us as a leadership team to get really clear on who we are and mm-hmm. who we're not. And it's actually an opportunity. My friend, gay uh, Tillotson, you know, she always says, you know, what does this make possible? And you, so you're looking at the glass half full instead of half empty and saying, all right, Lord, okay, what now? Um, what does this make possible? And even though there were there were people leaving our church during the time or attending less, um, you know, average attendance way down, all of this type of stuff, we were able to kind of get clear through a, a leadership process that, that we're in and be real clear on mission and vision, core values and all of this. And so we were able to know, like, what do we say yes to and what do we say no to? And even though people were leaving, um, we were like, hey, we're, we're pretty clear with the Lord and with our team on where we're going. 
and it's painful that people are leaving, but we're also like super clear where we're going. And uh, it made it less chaos in the midst of the storm. Jonathan, one of the things that uh, actually obviously came out of COVID was Zoom, the online reality, right? So we're past that for the most part. What I'm hearing is there's a slowness of people coming back. Are you, are you experiencing that there in Kearney? Yeah, we, we have. And I think there are unique churches and hotspots where people have came back and, and been more comfortable to return than others. But I think overall, we're all experiencing it. Just being honest, I think people got used to not meeting together. We weren't online before the pandemic, by the way. Mm-hmm. Then we had to like overnight almost to like within a week be online. And I'm not shooting this at any one person, but the church has gotten a little bit lackadaisical. Maybe thinking, you know what, I can have just as much what I'd get on a Sunday morning in my own bedroom or around my coffee table. You've kind of heard that, felt that. Is that true? Is it not true? Like, Here's the thing. I think like online ministry, it is great and it should be a supplement mm. to what we're getting in a community. And I think it's really hard to do community online and it's really hard to do discipleship online. Hebrews actually says, do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but uh, encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. And I look at that and I just think, man, they had the same problem back then as we do today, <laughs> you know? Sometimes hard times reveal what's really going on in our hearts. I think that's kind of what happened. This stuff was all there before. It's not like it was a brand new thing. It was just revealed at a greater level. Mm -hmm. It seems to me that some of the slowness for some of us to go back is what we allowed participation in our churches to be in the first place, right? So if all I was experiencing was walking in the church last minute, sitting in the back pew, listening. For sure. Taking it in getting up and leaving. And that was my church experience. It isn't a lot different other than I get to participate in church in my pajamas and drink my own coffee. I was talking to a leader in our community back then in that 2020 timeframe, we were getting ready to start coming back in person. And they were just making a comment about how uh, you can listen to the sermon online. I just said, yeah, like I get that. But there's this X factor that you just can't like always put a finger on that when you come into a community in worship, there's some Something that you can't get in your bedroom that you can get there. Mm-hmm. And one of the things is relationship and community, but it's also just going deep in discipleship. But I do think you're right, man. I think the people that came in late and left early, they probably are like, oh, I can get this at home. So John, before we let you go, what's uh, what are you most excited about right now of what Jesus is doing in, uh, in the church there and in Carney? I'm excited about this season of prayer. In Carney, you know, you can't like manufacture things like with the Lord, like, like you can set yourself up for success, but at the end of the day, there's some things that is like, it only, like, it only is going to happen by prayer. <laughs> it's going to be like the Lord is going to come through. And, and so we're, we're in a season of prayer, 21 days. Um, we've got these other prayer things I mentioned coming up next month. I'm excited about like what the Lord's doing. We really have a sense that in this fall that God's uh, up to something. And so there's this, like, there's something in the air that's just kind of exciting. And like, we don't, you don't know what it is, but you know that he's doing it. And then at the end of October, we're, uh, um, years ago, we used to do something called Fall Fest around this Halloween time, push pause on that just uh, for for a a variety of reasons. And we felt like this year with our leadership team that we were supposed to unpause and do it again. And, uh, but we're calling it Festival of Hope. 
<laughs> and so we're excited about that um, October 3031 of uh, just kind of, again, being a blessing to the community with, uh, with a festival of hope. And so there's some of those buzz things that are in the air with our church and our community that I'm just like, you know what? God is doing something and I want to ride his wave. Well, Jonathan, this has been such a wonderful conversation this morning. Really appreciate you taking the time to share your heart with us and painting for us a great picture of how God is at work in the churches there in Carnegie. Thank you so much for spending some time with us this morning. Hey, thanks for having me.